It should never be a secret what the Lord can do. Amen? This world needs to know, they need to understand what our mighty God can do. And I think many times it's our fault that maybe we hold it almost as a secret what God's doing in our hearts and lives. And we need to, we need to be sharing that with others. Well, I'm glad to see each other. We've got others still, different ones still trickling in. And praise the Lord for that. Glad you're here this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're going to begin a new series this morning. The series that we've titled, With All Your Heart. With All Your Heart. Uh, of course, this being uh, the month that a lot of people think about love and the heart and so forth. And, and uh, I just, they was asking me, said, was you meaning to end your series, your other series? I said, well, not really. I just felt impressed to go this direction right now. And so uh, this is what we'll be preaching from this month anyways. And uh, what we've titled with all your heart. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. We're going to begin reading in verse 23 of John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and begin reading verse 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die... It bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall come the, the prince of this world. Be, uh, shall be ca- this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, said, this he said, signifying what death he should die. If you look back there with me in verse 32, it says, And if I be lifted up from the earth, will all men, or, or will draw all men unto me. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Lift Up the Lord with All Your Heart. And let's pray. Father, we come to you. And Lord, as we begin this series on lifting with all of our heart, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, that we would just lift you up. Lord, that we would magnify you. And Lord, that we would turn to you with all of our heart. And Lord, that we would allow you to, to have control of our, our lives. And Lord, and Lord, I pray that, uh, that our heart would be involved in our life as a Christian. Lord, there's great needs in our world today, in our nation, and around the world. Folks need Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon our nation. May we turn our hearts back to you, Lord. Forgive us as a nation where we've sinned against you, Lord, where we have aborted and and killed the unborn. Lord, forgive us, Lord, where we have adopted such uh, uh, laws and things that uh, propagate... uh, uh, the wicked lifestyles or the homosexuality and all the other stuff, Lord, that is an abomination to you according to your Bible. 
Lord, I pray that you just deal with churches and Christians, Lord, that we would turn our hearts to you, Lord, that you would be magnified and lifted up and exalted. And now, Lord, I pray that if there is anyone here today, then, Lord, or maybe listening on and watching on the live streaming, Lord, that they do not know Jesus Christ their Savior, that they would turn their heart over to you and receive you as their personal Savior before it's eternally too late. Have your will and way, Lord, in this morning, this service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We find also in John chapter 3, uh, verse 14 and down through verse 16, and a very familiar portion of Scripture, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, Today, of course, uh, everybody knows today, uh, you know, the, the big news is that they're, gonna, that they're having the Super Bowl. And all leading up to this, there's a, the lifting up of, of these ball teams and the lifting up of the players. And I'm not against that. I mean, it's a, it's a great pastime and people enjoy it and so forth. But we've got to, in this world today, where we lift up sports figures and we lift up Hollywood figures and we lift up all these people. But the one that needs to be lifted up is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a, there's the football teams and, and the Super Bowl doesn't have the answer for a lost soul. The Super Bowl and the, and the, and the football teams don't have the answer for uh, people who are going through struggles in their lives and need the, the comfort and the, and, the, and the peace of God to settle into their hearts. The only one that can do that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that needs to be lifted up. We have a scriptural interpretation as you look at these verses. As Jesus was speaking here, the, the, the scriptural interpretation is, is that Jesus was speaking about His death. That He was going to be lifted up. He was going to be nailed to a cross and lay down His life for you and I. He would shed His blood so that we could have eternal life. That is the interpretation. That's what Jesus was speaking of. But I believe that we have... Also, an applied application where we can look at that and, and understand that we're able to lift Him up and exalt Him in this day and time and that others might know Him. You see, none of us were there when He walked those dusty roads of Palestine. None of us were there when, to, and able to hear Him when He spoke the Sermon on the Mount. None of us were there when, and not present when they crucified Him at, at Calvary when He was nailed to that cross. And we weren't there when he rose from the grave. But I might say this, hey, listen, we can lift him up so that others can see him today. He can be lifted up in our hearts and lives, and he can be lifted up before the hearts and lives of others around us. And oh, how we need to do that with all of our heart. We need to, we need to lift him up even this morning. Let me try to do that this morning. Because we need to lift him up with all of our heart. I believe today that the answer that people are looking for, and there's people who are looking for some answers, people who are struggling, people who are hurting. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about the lost world. Hey, listen, they need to see the answer, and that is Jesus Christ, and He needs to be lifted up. But it's you, up to you and I to lift Him up. It's up to you and I to lift Him up with all of our heart and to magnify Him. You know, we, here we go into next Sunday, of course, is uh, uh, Valentine's Day. And let, oh, look, i got to put my plug in here. Fellas, remember, and if you're watching my live stream, remember to do something for that, for that lovely wife of yours and, and buy her some candy or buy her a gift card or do something special for her and, and make her feel loved and, 
and, and everything. And you say, why, preacher? Because she has to put up with you all the time. That's why. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, do something special. Show that love, amen, and let them know that. You say, preacher, how come you did it? Because my wife told me to do it. Anyway, uh, but the fact, no, the fact is, you know, we need to show that love. We need to express that, that type of love. But as we think about this, this, this fact that we need to lift up the Lord with all of our heart, I want you to notice here, He's a glorious God. He's not hard to lift up when you begin to think about Him. When you begin to think about how, how wonderful He is, He's a glorious God. The psalmist said in Psalms 8, 1, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who has set Thy glory above the heavens. You know, we look at all the things around us and, and even the snow and everything and, and we look at things that around us and, and boy, the glory of God just emanates from all of it. The psalmist also said in Psalms 29 too, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Well, if there's one thing that's needed today, we need to lift up His glory that others can know Him. We serve a glorious God, a wonderful God, not just some God, but a glorious God. And, and this world needs to see that. You see, tongue can't even begin to describe the glory of the Lord. We can't even begin to. We try to. I, I, as a pastor and a, a, a preaching all these years, uh, one of the things that has that has always weighed on me is that I feel like I cannot brag on the Lord enough. I cannot get people to see His glory enough. I cannot get people to see His love enough because I'm just a, a, a finite man and unable in, in my own flesh to, to get people to train their eyes upon Him. And He's so glorious and He's so wonderful and I feel so inadequate to even stand here and preach and so inadequate to be able to, to, to try to get people to see all His glory. What a glorious God we serve. What a magnificent God. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses leads the children of Israel to the promised land and he makes three requests of the Lord. And in verse 13, he asks, he says, show me now thy, thy way that I may know thee. He says, show me that. And then on over in verse 15, he says, if thy presence go not with me, he makes this request, then carry us not up thence. He says, if you're not going to go with me, don't take us there. Don't send us there. He's making these requests. And then the third request that he makes there, we find in verse 18, and he says, And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. He says, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. In verse 19, he says, And he said, I will make all my goodness to pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on, on whom I shall show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall, uh, my face shall not be seen. The Lord says, you cannot, the Lord said, you, Moses, you cannot contain the glory. It would destroy you if you seen my face. The glory of God. It's so, uh, it's amazing. Can I say that this morning? God's glory is manifested in His nature. It's not uh, just something that we have attached to Him, to His name, that He's glorious, just attached it to His name. 
It's His nature. It's not because He's done these things and great and mighty things, and the Lord has done great and mighty things. Those are not what makes God glorious. God is glorious. Hey, listen, God's glory is not about what He has done. It's about who He is. He's God. He's a glorious God. His glory revealed is revealed in creation. You look at the, you know, and I, I know a lot of people don't like the snow, but I love the snow. I like, I like snow. I like to see snow. And yesterday when it starts snowing real hard, I, I like looking at it. You say, preacher, uh, you're going to have to move north. And no, I'll tell you what, I just like the snow. Now, I'm ready for it to turn, turn warm and get, and, get, and get some warm weather and, and get crappie season started so we can start fishing for some crappie or something like that. But, hey, listen, I like the snow. I just like to watch it. There's something beautiful about it. I was, dri- I was driving a school bus not long ago when, when and there was some ice and snow and I was up north and the trees were absolutely beautiful, covered in the ice and they looked silver because of, the sun was hitting them just right and, every, and the snow was laying on the ground. They just looked like they was made out of silver and it was so beautiful. And I begin to think, Lord, there's nobody can paint a picture like that. There's nobody that can make anything like that. And God is so, His glory is revealed even in creation. You take those, those snowflakes that's out there and that's blowing around that everybody hates. There's not a single snowflake that is the same. Every one of them is completely different. Only God could do that. If you and I did that, we'd all cut them out and make them all the same, exactly alike. God's not that way. His creation, you go out on a clear night and look at all the stars in the heaven. I, I, I cannot imagine God in all that glory and you look at everything and God just took them and just kind of threw them out there for everybody to look at. You begin to look at here before long, we'll begin to see the grass uh, turning green and we'll begin to see the trees begin to bud and we'll begin to see the flowers begin to push up out of the ground and all oh, we'll see the, those beautiful flowers and we'll see those beautiful leaves and we'll see all that. And nobody can make a tree. Nobody can make a flower. Only God. You begin to look at the intricacy of of all those things. Hey, listen, creation declares the glory of God. The psalmist said in Psalms 19, 1, he said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. The sun, the moon, the stars, and all creation declare the glory of God. They sing aloud of His wondrous grace and His marvelous glory. They sing aloud of that. So many times we we fail to look at creation and realize that it's God that made that. Hey, look at some of these sunsets and some of these sunrises as God paints across the, the canvas of the sky. His glory is revealed in all the creation that He has made. His glory is revealed in His power. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says, And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Every one of us has been in those impossible situations. Every one of us has seen some impossible things. But with God, nothing's impossible. He's all power. He's all might. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? When you think about the power of God, when you think about the needs of the world, He's an all-powerful God. He's an almighty God. And His glory is revealed in His power. I often think about the, the hurricanes that when we hit those hurricane seasons, and I think about those, and 
I think that's just a, a little bit of a puff of wind from God. He's such a powerful God. I think about all that he does and all that he cares for and he watches over keeping all things in, in place and he's a powerful God. But let me also point you to his goodness, not just his glory, but his goodness. The psalmist in Psalms 106 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Well, I'll tell you what, many times we don't stop and think about how good God's been to us. Oh, but preacher, you don't know what I've been through, but God's been good to you. But preacher, you don't know what I'm facing. No, but God's been good to you. God's been so good to us. Beyond what we even deserve. Beyond what we can even comprehend. If it was not for the goodness of God, every one of us would, would, would spend eternity in a lake of fire. This world, I hear it at different times. I hear different ones. Well, if God's so good, why did he let this happen? Why did he let this happen? If God's so good, why do we have COVID? If God's so good, why did they have the school shootings? If God's so good, my friend, God is always good. You see, Satan is the one that wants to get you to think that God's not good. In Genesis chapter 3, as Satan comes there and he begins to speak to to uh, 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 Eve there, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the, every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. And what he was trying to do is he was trying to say that God's not being good to you, Eve. He's holding something back from you. He's not being good to you. But my friend, can I tell you that God is good to us? Today you hear the people blaming God when things don't go well or don't go the way they want and they think God should do them. My friend, God's always good to us. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is good all the time. All the time. In James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He said, hey, listen, everything that good, it comes into your life that's good, it comes from God. It came from God. You know, I can verify this morning, God's been good to me. God's blessed me. His goodness has shined on me, but His goodness shines on everyone. Believe it or not, God's goodness even shines upon those who have not received Him as their Savior. Those who have rejected Him. His goodness is even there in that He even, he even allows them to continue on. In fact, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, the latter part of that says, For he maketh his son to shine on the, e on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. God's good. It's not that we deserve it, but God's good at all times. That is his nature. He is a good God. We don't deserve what he's done, but it's the goodness of God. Then this morning, let me point you to the sufficiency of God. As we try to lift Him up with all of our heart, 
We need to realize how good He is. We need to realize His glory as we lift Him up that others might see that. But we lift Him up this morning to point you to the sufficiency of God. He's all that we need. David said it very well in the Psalms 23 that we, many of us have memorized. He said, for the Lord, is, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, He's going to take care of everything that I need. He's going to supply all my needs. He goes on and He says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy, uh, thy, Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's talking about, hey, listen, from there he said, when he said, he restoreth my soul, he's talking about, he's all that I need spiritually. You realize this morning that you don't have to, to go to Dr. Phil or somebody else. Hey, listen, God is, is all sufficient. He will meet every need that you have. He can meet every need that you ever have. But the greatest need that every person has is that of a, a spiritual need. Whether you're saved or whether you're not. If you're not saved, your spiritual need is that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior so that you can have eternal life, you can have an eternal home. And the only one that can meet that need is the all-sufficient Jesus Christ who went to Calvary and died in your place, laid down His life and shed His blood, but rose again the third day so that you could have that eternal life. But my friend, as a Christian, He meets that spiritual need in your soul. He said, He restoreth my soul. Without Jesus, I'd be lost. Only Jesus can save us from hell. You see, he's my, He strengthens me when I'm weak. He gives me hope when I feel hopeless. He gives me joy when there is no joy. In verse 2 there, said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He knows my needs. He takes care of those needs. He supplies all of them in Philippians 4.19. He says, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy, and thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. You know, so many times we think, well, I'm just barely making it. You know what? God runs your cup over all the time. God will run your cup over if you let Him. Too many times uh, He pours out a blessing and you pour it right back out. Many times that God shows His hand and you, you refuse to accept His goodness. He is trying to, to supply your need and He's all, an all-sufficient God. Oh, how we need to lift Him up. Let people know, so you know what the greatest thing that I have is not in a bank account. It's not in the home that I live. It's not in what I drive. But it's in the Lord that saved my soul. He is an all-sufficient God. He is the one that I need. He is, he is all that I need. And oh, how He cares for you and me, and He wants to meet that. See, He's sufficient for me not only now, but also for eternity. There in verse 6 of Psalm 23, says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And it goes on, says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is sufficient to take me, not only take care of me in this life, but in the next one, you know, throughout eternity. But let me lift him up before you concerning his love. You know, we talked about this being the month with Valentine's. And one of the big, big holidays of the year is Valentine's where people buy all kinds of flowers. They buy all kinds of, 
uh, of candy. They buy all kinds of, uh, of uh, jewelry and things to express their love. And they, they do all these different things to express their love. But there's one that expressed his love in a greater way. The Father, when He gave His Son to die for you and me. First John chapter 4, verse 8 says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. The greatest love ever shown was God's love. You know what this world needs today? They don't need us to take a two before to them. They need to know about the love of God. They need to know there's people who are hurting and they need to know that the Lord loves them even when they have failed the Lord. They need to know that the Lord loves them no no matter how far they've drifted away, the Lord still loves them. Now that doesn't mean that He won't discipline them because, hey, listen, sometimes love is discipline. Sometimes, I remember, you know, I remember those times as a child and and, uh, growing up and, and I would do something I wasn't supposed to be doing. You know what my dad did? He gave me a whipping. You know why he gave me a whipping? Yeah, because he did those things. No, because really, because he loved me. He wanted my life to be a life that would go the right direction. So he knew that I needed discipline. He knew that there's some things that need to be straightened out in my life. So uh, if I would do something wrong, uh, 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 you know, we never did. I never did get time out. Never did. Man, I tell you what, I took time out over what I got any old day of the week. But I never got time out. It seemed like I could always hear that sound of that belt coming out of those loops. Like that. You said, oh, you can't do that today. That's our problem today. Because we won't discipline in love. Time out is not time out. Hey, listen. Time out is just letting them get by and not thinking about the consequences of their actions. And, I, and you know, my dad, he loved me. And he didn't, he, now he didn't abuse me. He didn't abuse me, but he disciplined me, and it was out of love. Sometimes the Lord has to discipline us, and it's out of love to draw us back to him, to draw us near to him, to get us to, to, to come up close to him and, and to know him in a, in, a, in a greater way. It goes on in verse 9, says it, And this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be propitiation for our sins. No one ever loved you like God has. Nobody's ever loved you like that. Much of our love is conditional love. If you love me, I'll love you. If you do this for me, I'll, I'll do that for you. And it's conditional many times. But God's love is unconditional. In Romans 5, they said, but God commends His love towards us that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. That was unconditional love. In Jeremiah, he talks about his love is eternal. It's everlasting. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. When God says that he gives you an everlasting love, he means an everlasting love. You say, well, preacher, if you do this or that, then he's probably not going to. No, he says an everlasting love. Well, if you, if you, no, he, it's an everlasting love. You see, he's just, and yes, there will be judgment, but he still loves you, and he still cares for you. And oh, how we need to lift up before this world the love of God and, and show them how much he loves them and cares for them. You see, I could go back and speak of his grace. 
toward you and me also. I can speak of His mercy. I can speak of His forgiveness. I can speak of His answer to prayer. I can speak of His long-suffering. I can speak of His blessings. And all those things that we should lift Him up with all of our heart. If this world is going to see Jesus Christ, they're going to have to see Him lifted up by you and me. If there's ever going to be a day and time when this world begins to turn back to the Lord, they're going to have to see Jesus Christ in you and me. We've got to lift Him up and that He might be magnified. We need to lift Him up then with all of our heart. Today, so many Christians are half-hearted. My dad used to tell us, he said, don't do it half-heartedly. If you've got something to do, do it with all your heart. He said, don't do it half-heartedly. Don't do it halfway. And many Christians today are doing and living for the Lord so half-heartedly. Their heart's not in it. It's like, well, I've got to do this. And, and oh, it's my duty. You know what? It should be with your whole heart, with everything about you to lift up the Lord, to magnify Him. Amen. What would it be like if I walked in this coming uh, a weekend, uh, a Valentine weekend, and, and to my wife, and, and, uh, and uh, I, I take a card and I said, there's your Valentine's card. Oh, I didn't sign it. You're going to probably throw it away anyways. And just throw it down on the, on, the, on the table and not even stick it in the envelope. Didn't even put her name on it. I just said, uh, here's your Valentine's card. And just throw it down on the, on the thing. You say, man, that's not very good. But how many times do we treat God like that? And do it so half-heartedly. Oh, I'll go to church. But my heart wasn't involved. Oh, I pray, but my heart wasn't involved. Or I read my Bible, but my heart wasn't involved. You know, so many times today as Christians, everything else gets our heart. Everything else. And I'm not trying to be mean, but you know what's sad? There's a lot of people, Super Bowl's got their heart more than what God has. I'm just saying what it is. If it's not the Super Bowl, sometimes it's something else. It could be fishing, it could be hunting, it could be cars, it could be, it could be anything. But so many other things gets our heart or a major part of it. And we only give a little portion of our heart to the Lord. We're to lift Him up, but we're to lift Him up with all our heart. We're to magnify Him with all of our heart. We're to love Him with all of our heart. In fact, He tells us there in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, He says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. He said everything about you should lift Him up. Everything about you should magnify Him. We're to love Him with all of our being, and that's why that we're to lift Him up before this world. You know what? There's one thing. I'm not ashamed of my wife. I'm not ashamed of my kids. And I don't mind going out in the public with my wife. And, and you know, I, it's not like, uh, okay, you walk back here and, and, you know, just stay close, but don't get up next to me. No, I want her beside me. I love her. And I'm not ashamed to display her. And, and, and the other day we was eating 
over at, uh, at Arby's, and there were some people come in that I knew that she didn't know, and <coughs> excuse me, and and when they, when they walked up, the first thing I said, I said, hey, and I called the, the man by name. I said, this is my wife, Janine. And Janine, this, and I called him by name. I wanted them to know that she was my wife. But how many times are we ashamed and won't mention the name of Jesus Christ? He said, love me with all your heart. With all your heart. We're to lift him up, folks. We're to lift him up before this world with all of our heart. To magnify him before this world. If somebody didn't do that in your life, you would have never known Jesus Christ as your Savior. Every person in this room, if you know Christ your Savior, you owe a debt you can't pay. What's that debt, preacher? Salvation. But the best thing you can do is share it with somebody else. With all your heart. To lift him up with all your heart. To magnify him before this world with everything that is in you. To lift him up with a passion. We find there in, uh, in, 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 in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and, and purify himself a peculiar people. And he says, zealous of good works. I'm talking about getting involved with lifting him up. Everywhere you're at. We're not only to lift him up with all of our heart, but we're to lift him up at all times. The psalmist said in Psalms 34, verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall, shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear, their, their, uh, hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter where you're at, no matter the circumstances, no matter uh, who you're around, we need to lift Him up with all of our heart. Lift Him up with all of your heart. Oh, how this, the Lord deserves our praise. He deserves for us to lift Him up. You know, this week, as you go out, let's say this is the Lord. As you go out this week through life, wherever you're at, you can go through your work week. He's right there. Or you can go through the week. Could I get you to see my Lord? Could I tell you what the Lord's done for me? Boy, God's good. Oh, I know things are bad, but you know what? The Lord will take care of me. Oh, I know that there's this and that going on, but you know what? The Lord is there and He said He'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. Just want you to know I'm not ashamed of him. I just want to lift him up because he's been so good to me all the time. Not just once in a while, but all the time. Too many times we go out on Monday and he never comes back out until maybe Wednesday night 
Maybe Sunday morning. Sunday night. But after Sunday night, we put him away. And we're to be lifting him up with all of our heart. That this world might see him high and lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men unto me. And I understand that in the, in the, in the true interpretation, he's talking about dying on the cross. But he allows us to have the application that we still now can lift him up before the world and he will draw all men unto him. We need to lift him up with all of our heart. Man needs for us to lift him up so that they can see Jesus Christ, our Savior, the very Son of God. Oh, His love is beyond comprehension. Oh, His mercy and goodness is beyond explanation. Oh, how we ought to lift Him up with all of our heart. Let's pray. Father, we come to You this morning. Lord, even as I said, I feel so inadequate, Lord. I don't feel like I lift You up as I should. I want to do more. I want to be able to lift You up in a greater way. Help each of us to desire that, dear Lord. That this world might see You high and lifted up. That You will draw all men to You. Lord, I want them to know You. I want them to know Your goodness. Lord, I want them to know Your love. I want them to know that You're all sufficient, Lord, for every need in, in our lives. Lord, I want them to know, Lord, what a wonderful God, magnificent God that I have, a glorious God. Lord, help me to lift you up with all my heart. May I never be ashamed, but may I always lift you up. For this I pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? With your heads bowed, your eyes closed.